success for me lately, and this again to devolve, is uh, making sure I'm doing what is important to me. And that's what this fire series has been a lot about. It's it's painting what's what's important for my being, what feels like nurturing to my creative process. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the exploration, discussion of art, and the creative process. This is the second part of my conversation with the artist Rodney Thompson. Please listen to last week's episode, as this part of the conversation continues off with the last part ended. Thank you very much. Through the use of striking visual symbolism, his current series of fire portraits depict characters whose heads are engulfed in flames. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, so I, I, do I actually have an end to the series? Or is that like an open-ended series at this moment? It's definitely open-ended. Like, I, I, I still think there's a lot there that I want to explore. Um, and most of the, like, I've done a few larger pieces and, and not super big, but like uh, relatively big pieces with the, the fire portraits. And um, I mostly, though, have been working on small scale, like even as small as like a, a little, like five by seven inch. Yeah, uh, painting and um, yeah. So I I feel like there's a lot of bigger pieces in there that I I'd like to get out, and so it'll I'll be working on this a while, and I I don't see any immediate end to it. I think it'll probably be a very organic process, shifting over into something else if it does change anytime soon or or later. Um, I'll just start dabbling in something else and be like, oh, this is cool. I like doing this, and I probably stick with that for a while. So. Yeah, because I can say, because you don't want to become just known as a fire portrait guy. As as great yeah. as your images are, you don't want to just become known as that and be like, okay, cool, that's cool. And yeah, also, and I, also I to... yeah, and also you don't want to become just like a phase in your art career, but like, oh, he did those really good fire portraits, but yeah, we don't care what he's doing now. You know, you kind of have yeah. to find that balance of of keeping your audience engaged, but then not just through, which is kind of weird, because even though your work is not just through the imagery itself, you kind of have to find a weird balance of like, how are you going to keep him engaged when you move off what, the topic you're discussing now? Yeah, that, that's where I think my boredom might save me because I won't get too stuck into it because I'll just, you know, and I'll see a shiny object go by and I'm like, oh, I'm going to paint that now. So, yeah, it's, uh, well, it, that'll probably keep me moving in and evolving. I mean, if you have ideas that you've written down, then that's obviously a good thing in terms of like, you know that. And actually, that's a good thing because you know that you're not going to do it forever. I think sometimes yeah. people go into art or go into like a certain series of work and they just do the same thing for like 10 years straight. And there's yes. nothing wrong with that, but there. No, not at all. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, at what point does the money come into aspect, the commerce come into play, as opposed to your creativity? Because you know there is a, there is always a point in an artist's career where they have to kind of decide: do they want creativity or do they want commerce? Um, you know, they do merge, of course, but you know, there's kind of the two sides really. Um, yeah. It's a sliding scale, I guess. Um, and actually, that leads very nicely into a question I'm going to ask you a lot later on. From the last artist so i'm not gonna ask you now which i don't know what i said leads into because it's not leading into anything it's staring away um so do you enjoy the process of painting more than the final image or the final image itself it depends uh there's been times where i've really enjoyed the painting or the, like the process of it and uh i get down to the end and step away and i'm like this is a piece of crap you know <laughs> it's just terrible i i, I don't like it and I'll, <clears throat> i might just kind of work on it for a while until i get it to a point of liking it but yeah, and then at the same time, there's been something that I've 
I've worked on and, and struggled with. And um, once I step back with her, I'm like, okay, that kind of all paid off. It was hard to get through, but um, I do like the end result. <clears throat> I also think too, like, I really like about like 10% of what I create. And the other 90%, I'm like, that could be a little bit better. You know, I could have done this a little bit different or I could adjust that. And I've even got, I'm working on something right now that I did uh, a year ago that I'm basically just painting all over again. And oh, wow. yeah, it was, it was not a fire portrait, but it's now becoming a fire portrait. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I just kept staring at it and uh, <clears throat> thinking, you know, I like this piece. And, um, but there's just, you know, it doesn't like, it's not jumping out. And my wife was like, why don't you turn that into like a fire thing? And I was like, yeah, I, I definitely need to do that. That would be perfect. And so I did that. And I, I started with just the fire on, on this figure and, uh, and then I started seeing other parts of the painting. I'm like, well, that's off. That's wrong. And I just went back. I basically repainted the entire picture at this point. So that's crazy. And how often yeah. do you actually revisit past work? Often. Um, there's, uh, and it's funny too, there's one piece that I didn't touch for like three years and I just stashed it away. I had a hard time with it and I, I just packed it away and I was like, I can't work. I got to not look at this for a while. And then I, I just got busy with other projects and I kind of forgotten about it and um, I was going through inventory stuff and I was like, oh yeah, this one. So I, I decided to set up some time and kind of start working on it again. And I spent probably another three weeks on it and then stepped away and it looked a lot different, but I was again like, you know, no, it's not there yet. <laughs> and I put it back away. I haven't looked at that. That's That piece is probably five years old now. I think it's been about two years since I worked wow. on it again. So that's also another one that my wife was like, why don't you turn that into a fire portrait? And I was like, well, that that's probably going to fix the problem with that one. So I think a lot of my old work is just going to end up being a fire portrait stuff that I like having around and storage and stuff. And I'm just, I'm like, I don't like this that much, but it's not awful. So but, I'll just paint some fire on the head and see if it looks any better. But isn't that really interesting though, that at that moment in time, when you were painting it, it just wasn't working. And it's only yeah. now, so many years later, when you look back at it again, you're like, okay, cool, it can be repurposed or something. No, I think that kind of speaks a lot for kind of like just because you're creating something doesn't mean that now is the time you need to be creating that piece of work. Um, and I think for art, you're very, I think artists are very lucky in a way. Like I'm a photographer, I do photography. So I think artists are very lucky that you can put a piece away and work back on it again in two years. If I take an image tomorrow, it's done. It's, so uh, yeah. it's kind of an interesting concept that like, you know, you can pick it back up. And, you know, it may be completely different from what you originally intended. Yeah, it's like that wasn't the right time. I think, you know, timing has a lot to do with art. You know, it's a lot to do with, yes. you know, not just look, but like timings of like when you're in the mood to paint a certain image or the kind of thoughts and feelings you're going through whilst you're painting the image, which is kind of the environment of, that you're painting the image in. You know, there's so much that goes up to the actual creation of the work. Um, and actually, that leads me on to the guest, the next question, which is about your creative process. Um, can you just talk a little bit about kind of like what are the kind of stages of you creating a painting in terms of what's like the pre-production like what's like the actual process of creating it like and then what do you do with the finished result there's there's a few different ways i approach it there's some if i if i have a, a pretty strong idea about something and i want it to be a little bit of a larger piece and i will i will really take my time with it i will set up like a photo shoot to get references um, I will do a few sketches to kind of work out details and um, uh, try to 
kind of work out the kinks as well and see where I want to go with it. Um, I might even do like a small color study before I jump into the big piece. And that doesn't always happen. Uh, that also depends on my boredom with, <laughs> with creating sometimes like where I'm like, oh, this is fun, but you know, I want to kind of get to it and get to the idea. Um, but yeah, so sometimes I'll, I'll do like a little small color study and it, uh, then from there kind of jump into a larger piece. And I, with those larger pieces, I tend to really try to take my time and slow down and be methodical about it. Um, with the uh, smaller pieces, like the, some of these smaller studies that I've done, I just, I have probably thousands of different reference photos that I've taken over the years of portraits of like friends, myself, my wife. Um, and I will just kind of filter through those and see whatever one might jump out. And I'll think, uh, you know, what might look good as a fire portrait. And then I'll just jump into it and try not to overthink it too much and just, just kind of either play around with the color or just try to express, you know, whatever it may be coming up for me. And uh, which is really great, honestly, like that. Uh, where I can, you know, kind of work something out in my head that might be, you know, a hard emotion, um, or, you know, it just might be me wanting to turn my brain off for a minute and uh, just let the that painting process kind of take me over a little bit. Uh, so yeah, there's a couple of ways uh, that I, I approach it. It's smaller stuff, even the smaller stuff, sometimes I, I can be a little more methodical about, but there's a painting that I did recently, a little square piece I just posted a few days ago, I think, and that uh, has like a little background imagery that I just kind of uh, made up behind it. And um, uh, I that piece was definitely like working through some stuff. It's like, this has definitely been a hard year for my wife and I, um, year and a half. And uh, that's her image and she's, uh, she's has she has long COVID, so she's been fighting it for a long time, and she's been pretty sick, and she's got like a a number of medical issues that she's still dealing with from it, and so that's been one that I've uh, like I just she had a hard few days, and she'll have flare ups where she's just down for the count and has to be in bed for a few days, and so that one was a it was a portrait that I took of her years ago, but. I specifically took it with a really strong light shadow mix and um, in, I wanted her to look kind of down in the image and I thought, yeah, that's a great one for fire and it just really fits right now with what we're, what we're having to deal with. And so I, I started working on that and, and just having it with a kind of a quiet, serene background. It's like this chaos that's happening with, um, around like a lot of a pe like a peaceful night and it was just the moonlight hitting off the water it looks beautiful but it's also like you know there's something really traumatic happening in that at the same time so just having that juxtaposition was like there's a lot of good things that have happened you know in our lives but there's also you know this hard year that's happened so like, that was a me working through a process and it was a smaller piece so uh yeah it's so long story short that was uh there are many ways that I approach a painting in, in my process. So. And how do you store all your work? How do I store it? Yeah. There's some uh, 
piled up all over my house right now. Like, oh, <laughs> it's basically, I've got a shelf that I, like we have our books on and all of these, uh, the smaller fire portraits are just laid out because I do such thick impasto that it takes forever to dry. Yeah. So I can't just, I have to let them, you know, sit by themselves for a while. I can't just stack them up like some of my other ones after a few weeks. So they take, some of them are taking like over a month to, to solidify because I, I get it so thick on there and it's, it's fun, but it's also, it's like, man, I just wish this would dry a little bit quicker. And I didn't, I don't like using too much medium in there too, that might help it. I just, I like it to be just the oil paint. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there, I guess. But uh, the, yeah, so it's just kind of piled around the house. I, my, my wife is very loving in the fact that she lets me do that. She'll make a comment here and there every so often about the, the clutter, but she is also extremely supportive of it. And uh, so I'm, I'm lucky in that regard, but yeah, it's, it's everywhere. And then I've got some that's like stored in storage right now because it's just so much. And I'm about to try to do a, a clean out sale if I can. And I'm going to, I've got a few pieces in there that I want to reach, like turn into a fire portrait, but I've just been sitting and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Nobody's really wanting to buy it. So I'm just going to, you know, do what makes me happy with it and see what yeah. happens. The funny thing about that is that what you'll do is that you'll turn to you'll start to a fire portrait and someone will be like, Oh, I want to buy that. And you'll be like, um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be like, uh, yeah, not happening anymore. But yeah, yeah. actually, I'm I'm only I'm really curious actually. I've just realized I've actually never asked an artist actually how they store their work. Um and I think one of the biggest kind of considerations people don't take into to account when it, when they want to create an art is the space you need to have to do it. Because you know, it takes up a lot of space. Yes. Like, and I think, you know, how do you deal with that? Like in terms of how do you kind of because obviously, as you said, you're working from home. Um, so yeah. like, how do you deal with like kind of balancing everyday life with creating work and kind of separating the two, if you can? It's a challenge. Ideally, I would have at least a spare room or <clears throat> like a, a separate studio, which I've had in the past. And with this year and how crazy it's been, yeah, we've just got to downgrade and stuff. So I'm, I've compacted all of my like most necessary uh, supplies into just a corner. And just to kind of get me through it, it's made me work a lot smaller, but I've also been churning out way more work because of that. So, which I enjoy and it feels, you know, satisfying to be able to produce something quickly. Um, so there's, there's pros and cons to it for sure. But yeah, it, it's, I have, I have so much crap. It's just, <laughs> there's just stuff everywhere. And I have tons of pads of paper and charcoal paper and uh, oil paints and canvases tons of canvas just ready to go and um yeah it's just i it's you have to be very creative with how you you pile it into a corner of your living room i was just gonna ask you are you very organized then <laughs> just a pile into truly no i I'm, I'm not at all like in i've i've had to adapt with my wife who's extremely organized and uh, uh so I I, i've i've learned a lot through her and yeah once once we started dating she uh I think she, when she first came into my apartment, she was just like, oh God, because I had, I had art like scattered across every, like all of my walls and like there was just clutter everywhere. And it was relatively organized, but it was just, you know, it was a lot and it was just like a creative mind. Like I had my hand in so many different projects and uh, there's just stuff all over the place. And my roommate at the time, awesome guy, but he was, he was definitely a bachelor and very cluttery. <laughs> so he, I, I had to clean up after him quite a bit, but. So yeah, do you feel I like you're, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think organization 
is one of those things that you know people probably don't really think about in terms of being an artist and kind of have you know having the space you're in whether it's uh, you know no matter where the studio or not it's like you need to have things organized because when you're coming to, when you come to paint and you come to create work you want to be focused on just the work you yeah. don't want to be focused on having to move things out of the way or be like oh god no you know my laundry is hanging up right next to me or you know something stupid like that you know you want to be focused on the work and and actually do you ever get lonely creating work no i don't i because i think there's always especially now with uh working in the corner of the living room like my wife will hang out with me cool. uh, and we've got two dogs and a cat so uh, okay there is there's is plenty to distract me <laughs> and which is good also at the same time because i i can i can get into like a hole with like over focusing on something and then you know one of the, the dogs might have to go to the bathroom so i have to take it outside uh and that'll totally that'll give me a, like a, a clean slate for a second you know i might take him on a walk or, or something like that and my cat is he's a very sweet cat but he's also kind of a, a jerk at the same time he's a typical cat so you know he'll he'll grab my attention when he wants it um yeah so they help you know keep my my focus a little bit split just enough to not get lost in the work but i mean if i have it all to myself i could easily work for like uh like a four or five hour time before i i give myself a break and then yeah. and then you know maybe step away for uh, a little bit to eat something and then come back and do it again. So I can, I can get lost in it pretty easy. So how do you maintain focus when say you want to create a reel, for instance, or you're like, oh, Instagram, let's post this on Instagram. Like, like how do you kind of, like, do you factor that in beforehand before you create a piece of work or is it more intuitive what you're creating work? Uh, it's kind of intuitive. I, 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 I don't decide right away, like whether it's going to do, I'm going to do a reel or not. I, I mean, I'll, if I'm going to do a time-lapse video, I'll set up myself up for that. Um, those always tend to get a pretty good response. And I think people like seeing the process of doing Absolutely. that. And if I like watching it again, like, oh, okay, I, I can see what I did there. And I might, that might help me change something or, or see something that I did that worked well. And um, so, but those, yeah, time-lapse I'll set myself up for in a reel. I just might decide, <laughs> honestly, sometimes I'll do a reel when I forget to set up my time-lapse and I'm like, oh, well, I'll just take a few shots and then kind of splice them together. And uh, that works out well too. So, and it kind of has helped me figure out how to do reels because I, I'm only just getting into to doing those a little bit more. Yeah. So, yeah. so do you feel like you're part of a wider art community? Yeah. And no, I think I like living in Oregon and stuff. I, I, I definitely felt a little more isolated out there because I, so before we moved here, we uh, were living in Austin, Texas, which has a, a vibrant creative community with artists and musicians. And, uh, there's just a lot of life out there and uh, there's a lot in Oregon too, but it's just totally different than what I, I'm used to. I was very spoiled in Austin and uh, I could sell work pretty easy. And I used to set up shows and stuff uh, at my job and, um i would host a lot of different artists and uh we do like i think uh every three or four months i do a new show and we do like themes with it and stuff and so i had this big community out there and then i got to oregon and, and it just kind of stopped and so it's hard and my community became online at that point and uh it's gotten better now um and i've branched out a little bit more like in the California and everything too. So 
uh, and I still have all of, a lot of my Austin connections. But yeah, that's a, that's another one of those many hats you have to wear too, because I I'm definitely I'm good at being a hermit, and <laughs> uh, I I've I am more introverted for sure. So I really have to turn it on a little bit more to to network and connect and everything. So uh, especially if I'm showing work and you have to like have a smile and be greeting everybody and take all the questions and you know do the same thing over and over again with like ten different people and. Uh, which is great. I, I do love that, but I can, it can wipe me out for sure after that uh, when I'm done and I have to have like my alone pain in a cave time. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. a lot of artists um, that I've spoken to and just that I know are like very introverted or, or more introverted um, than yeah. extroverted just because like you do solitary. It's a very solitary pursuit. Um, yeah. You know, you spend a lot, obviously not necessarily in your case, but, you know, you spend a lot of time by yourself in your own mind whilst you're crazing. And I think, you know, it's hard for you to then have to explain that to people on the outside world. Because, you know, to you, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. But to everybody yeah. else, it's like, what's this? And then you yeah, gotta explain yeah. it and it's a bit like, uh, and it's, you know, a lot of people have said to me, I, love, like, I went to London earlier last month and I went to an art fair and I met loads of really cool artists. And they all said to me that they felt really vulnerable sharing their work they think of it and their thoughts about it is very different to obviously people who are looking at it and it's kind of yeah. like your you know the level of, of artistic kind of i guess education and just kind of insight you have really determine how you see the work you know and i think it, it must be hard for you to have to try to explain your work over and over and over again to different people who either may not just get it or people who are just you know that you know they don't might not care for it but you're like yeah. trying to explain it and it's like yeah not fun i imagine it's, it's funny the way it is now for okay so like um back before i started doing these portraits uh like advocating for for mental health i i i really <clears throat> wanted to learn how to explain my work and where i was coming from and i tried to create this whole identity with it and and say, well, this is what I'm doing. I wanted to capture this moment. And it's, it was um, not as vulnerable as it is now with the mental health work, but it was not as easy to talk about then as it is now with the mental health work, if that makes sense. Like um, I, have a, I have a much easier time talking about mental health stuff because I've, I mean, I've had my own personal experiences with that for so long. It's natural to me to be able to have a conversation about that uh, it's also extremely vulnerable to have a, a conversation about that to say like, this was what I was experiencing. This is the trauma that I had here or, uh, the really hardship that I had, you know, in this time of my life. And, um, this is how I'm expressing it, which I don't directly say that a lot of times I, I will kind of vaguely do that. Um, and then give, you know, leave it with the amb ambiguity and have people come up with their own interpretation of it. Uh, but I'm always willing to share my experience because I think that's important to, uh, you know, as much as you're comfortable with, or uh, as I'm comfortable with doing it, I, I want to be able to show that that's, it's okay to share that, which is also very scary to do that too, at the same time. And, you know, you fear what people are going to think, which is not that important and it's not important you know what other people think it's it's more of uh how important 
you feel nurturing your own self and being seen and, and all of that and safe to do so. So yeah, it's it's weird too, because I, I, I never thought it would be easier for me to talk about something, but also be terrified by it at the same time. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird juxtaposition there. So is it easier to talk about online or offline? Um, at the moment, probably online, because I think I'm doing mostly that. Like if I, if I get into more uh, face-to-face talks with people, uh, I think it would be, it would become a little more easy. And I, I've done that for years. I, I think I've times where I've kept quiet, where I didn't feel totally safe talking to people, a lot of people about it, but um, I think I've tried to just get myself recently to the point of being like, it's okay to talk about it to anybody and it doesn't matter if they're able to receive it or not. I think having the conversation is the most important part. And if I feel like I can do that then, and I'm capable of doing that, then I want to try to do that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a very noble thing. I think that's why I am. Um, but your work definitely stands out a bit more because it's not just you know a really nice image. It also means something, and also you're very willing to to be honest with you yourself as a person behind the art as well as the art itself, which is always nice because it shows that you know you're you're creating from a genuine place, you know. And I think that's that's you know a great thing to see because um, I don't know if you how much you really see that. And and actually, let's go a bit onto social media if you don't mind. Um, um, I'll ask this question now. I was going to ask it a bit later, but I'll ask it now. But like. What are your thoughts on kind of like the personality of the artist and the art itself? So let me explain this a bit. <clears throat> so one thing I've recently realized is that an artist's personality can do quite a lot of wonders for how their work is perceived. And I think sometimes being mysterious and being like, you don't know who the artist is or you don't really hear from them can sometimes take away from the work because it doesn't feel as human. Kind of like, what's your thoughts on that? And kind of where do you sit on the sliding scale of being, you know, like you were your work and like, you know, you were mysterious. Uh, there's such a, I feel like that's on a spectrum. There's uh there are so many artists that I, I have, I've followed and been just uh, enthralled by that. I have no idea what their story is about and like what, like, or know anything about them or heard them talk or anything about their work outside of social media stuff. And I absolutely love their work. And I think there are times when, uh, where I've had that, uh, ideal uh, or idea of what the artist is just because of that veil that they have that mystery around their work and and their lives uh and then have it be broken and it's you've got this whole image in your head and you're like oh this is totally different than what i thought it was it's weird now (laughs) it doesn't make sense um so i there's times too where i i'm just like you know what that's that's all i know the work i feel connects for me I get a lot from it, so I'll just leave it at that. I don't need to know a whole lot behind the scenes. Um, and then there are other times too where I'm like, I want to know everything about this artist, and you know, I'd love to meet them and and talk with them and hear about what their work is and see where they're coming from and uh, and just really learn all the details about how they got from point A to point B. And I, I think I'm more maybe as I create more on that side now, where I'm trying to be more transparent with yeah. my work and say. Yeah, this is what I'm, I'm wanting to do, and hopefully, uh, connect with people in a, you know, in this way, and, you know, feel free to ask me a question or you know, tell me about your story or anything like that. So I, I like, I think I'm more on that side now, whereas I used to be maybe on the other side of the spectrum with that and trying to be this mysterious artist. But 
in my interaction with I, I've, I've enjoyed interacting with artists or not interacting with artists on that on both ends where you know it's like okay so I'll give an example I I grew up listening to Tool a lot and they're they were very mysterious to me and their their music was just very inspiring and intense and there was a point where I started to learn more about them uh, as I, you know, started playing music myself. And I was like, oh, it's not as romantic and idealized as I had it in my head. And then I kind of got over that and I was like, it's still amazing. I love it. And, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> kind of evolved with, I guess, my relationship with listening to that band. Uh, but they were just so mysterious to me growing up. And uh, I just thought that was amazing. It was very dark, mysterious and cool. And uh, yeah, and just it's idealized romanticism, I guess, of, of that kind of artistry. You don't know, it's it's kind of dangerous in a way, I guess, and, and you have no idea what to expect from it. And how do you actually find the time to balance creating work with keeping up with your audience? Because as you said earlier that, you know, you answer people's questions, you always reshare posts that share your work. Like, how do you find that balance? I think I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to, to do that because I, so I will, a lot of times be responding to people and resharing stuff if I, while I'm working. So I'll, I will set up like a time frame for myself. I'm like, okay, paint 30 minutes, step away so you can have fresh eyes and, uh, and go answer some questions really quick and then maybe reshare something you saw and then go back and paint because that'll, that'll tear my attention away from the painting a little bit. So I can, I feel like keep a good momentum going. So. That's so crazy. That's so yeah. crazy. I don't know how you yeah. do that. I just be it's, distracted. It 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 can be distracted. I've gone I've gone down a wormhole for sure with it, where I'm like I've been talking to people on Instagram for an hour, and I totally pulled myself away <laughs> from the paintings. So I, I have to be careful with it. So, what are your thoughts on social media, and how has it impacted your practice? Um, I think it's it's good and bad. I think you. You really lose sight of a lot of the work on there. I think it's great in a way that you get to connect with people that you probably wouldn't have been able to connect to. I, the fact that we're able to have this conversation. Absolutely. Is a great example of that. And uh, that's something that I'm very grateful for. And I'm able to have a broader reach with my work. Um, but also you, you lose that more intimate connection with uh, the work sometimes. Like if you're just scrolling, it's easy to miss the fine details of a, you know, a little two inch square on your screen, you know, of, of a, a painting that might have a lot going on in there or, or a photograph that's got a lot going on in there or anything, you know, somebody's story then that you, you lose, you lose quite a bit, I think, in, in the translation. So, uh, and that they, that way, I think it, it's hard, but I mean, it's weird because you, you are at least getting it in front of a, a lot of different eyes that probably wouldn't see it otherwise um i think another thing too that's challenging about it is uh, which i haven't experienced a whole lot but i have with some is some of the the trolling that can happen and people get very brave on social media yeah. they can definitely feel like they can pick somebody apart and and they have no consequence with it most of the time you know to be a bully to something that can be very vulnerable for somebody or, you know, somebody trying to have good intention with something. Uh, so it's, I think it's dangerous in that way uh, or destructive. Um, but again, I, I think that's part of like the greater reach you have, the more 
the more that comes with it, the more consequence that can come with it, the more good that can come with it too. But uh, I think it's a good way to sum it up is like, for me anyway, in my own experiences, like I'm, I'm doing a lot of disconnecting to connect. So yeah. I'm not having as much, you know, face to face connection to connect more on a broader scale around the world, you know? And is that sacrifice worth it though? That is the million dollar question. I feel like right there. <laughs> it is because it could know. That's a really good, that's a really great way to put it. And I put it all that. It's so true. But we are all disconnecting to connect more. But I, I, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, I do wonder what would happen if the internet shut down tomorrow? Like, like what would people do? Um, yeah. Just, just something I think about often. <laughs> uh, it probably says a lot about me, but like, I, like, you know, I kind of think about that because like the internet is a great thing, but, you know, I'm old enough to remember it not being such a big thing. It, yes. you know, and it's just like, it seems like, like, where did it come from? Like, and how are we now? So like, how is it now literally our, our lives? You know, yeah. there's there's no escaping it now because we're so hooked up to the internet and in every kind of part of culture. You know, think about schools. You know, you have to be online. Like yeah. no matter what aspect of our life, we have to be online. And I think, you know, how do we get to this part? And I'm, and, you know, and I'm kind of curious. Like, do you think that the rise in technology and the rise in reach has kind of made the art market oversaturated? Yes and no. I, I think it's it's definitely given a lot of artists who don't get the attention that they deserve i think it's given them a lot of attention um it's definitely shown me uh, a lot of different artists that i had no idea were even out there which i'm i'm definitely grateful for i think it's it's up the competition as well so which there's good and bad in that as well i, I think it's harder to make a, a living with it but it's also made it more accessible to people and i think it's put it out there it's uh you know like painting portraits, that's not something that I feel like 20, 30 years ago was that popular. There are so many artists out there doing it now. It's had a huge resurgence and um, there, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of young artists coming up doing it and it's, that's exciting to see, but it's also like, well, now I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm, I'm doing a good job, you know, because uh, yeah. they'll take my commissions if I'm not careful. So, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh yeah i think it's it's good and bad i it, it does get saturated a little bit and i think there's there's a lot but it, it does i i think also inspire some creative process as well i i think we you learn a lot by seeing other artists like i i mean a lot of where i am is because i've been able to access them uh, other artists online and uh study their work a little bit and say okay i really like how they did this thing i'm going to try that in my own work and uh, so I think it's helped me grow quite a bit. And it's also, you know, it's helped me keep up with the evolution of art in a way as well. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And how do you have, like, do you ever feel more pressure to create more work as your audience grows? Yes, yeah, for sure. It, which is good, I guess, it's kind of a happy accident of working in that tiny corner where I'm just painting smaller pieces. Uh, I'm able to I, like a few of those really tiny ones, I can do a few in a day and, uh, you know, have a few posts for lined up for a few days. And so I do feel pressure to keep that momentum going. Um, I also try not to, to hold myself too accountable with that and, and say, it's okay to have a few days off. You don't have to post every single day, 
but uh once you see it grow you're like oh good it's reaching you know i i want to i want to keep going with that i want to keep painting and you know and it also i mean the more you paint the better you get so it keeps your your mind sharp and and your skill sharp so that's good so does knowing you know just knowing that your work will be viewed primarily online change the way you actually create the work itself A little bit like I like if I'm going to be showing work I might not uh paint on uh like a panel I might paint more like on a framed canvas that could be a little easier to hang on a wall uh, but if I'm showing it online more and I can paint on a panel it's easier for me to store and it's easier for me to ship versus a, a canvas on wood so I, I think it does change that a little bit. It doesn't always necessarily, and uh, I guess uh, shift my decision making, but it, it can have a little bit of an influence. And I, I typically prefer painting on a, a panel a lot of times because it is easier just to maneuver and store a lot of times. So I also wonder, like, also when you have like details in your work, like the other day you posted a close up of slow burn. It was really, really nice to see because it was just really nice to see. Um, see, I remembered it. See, that's how good it was. Thank you. Um, it, and it was just really nice to see because you know you see all the texture, you see the detail, you see kind of the effort it took. Um, as opposed to say, like, had you not posted it, and or had you not thought to post it, you know, that would have been lost because somebody would have just gone past that. Um, and I think you're lucky because your work has the eye-catching, you know, symbolism and kind of colors to capture people's attention, but not all art has that. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, some art is quite like you know visually dark and it's really in a really really nice way i'm thinking of a really cool artist called joanna farrow whose work i just adore she does these amazing yeah. like really dark she has like her color palette is just gorgeous it's like these really dark blues and greens do you know, yeah. you know her work i'll send it to you later if you don't know her work um, yeah i'd love to see it and you know her work's gorgeous but then i don't know if people would appreciate it in the same way they would someone like yours where it's really bright and eye-catching and you know you're drawn to it immediately because of the colors and you yourself said you know you need the ketamine yellow because it's going to help, you know, make the colors pop. So it's like, obviously, like attention, you know, grabbing work is important to you. Yeah, it's it's funny too because I, <laughs> I think with my my dark gloominess that I I can have sometimes, I always imagine that my work would come through that way. And then once I started painting fire and uh, like piling on cadmium reds and yellows and oranges, and uh, it just got very bright and which was totally opposite of what I thought. And then I started playing around with a lot of different vibrant, bright color. And it, I mean, there, it almost looked a little bit more lighthearted than I anticipated it being, but it still had, you know, the same message, but there are some that were very, <clears throat> I've done a few high key paintings with very light color and, um, uh, which is not something I thought I would ever try, but, I had the color and I was like, oh, I'm going to give this a shot. And there's a few that I, I purchased that I was interested in working with. Like I, I did one that had like a King's blue, which is a really light blue and a brilliant pink. And, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that listens to a lot of metal and I wear black all the time. So it's, a, it's definitely different than what I, you know, I, I think what I, I, I come off as. So that's a nice juxtaposition though isn't it really that that your work is very vibrant but actually it's about quite a dark subject um I yeah. think that's, but it's also very nice that you're not doing it deliberately 
that's also what's really nice about it. You know, you have a you have there are certain artists I can think of whose work is kind of deliberately gloomy or like yes. deliberately or deliberately, you know, saturine. It's really like really sweet and pastel colours and it's like, you know, really dark imagery. There's quite a few that I can think of. And it's like it's nice because you're not doing it like that. You're just doing it because it, this is what works for you. And it just happens yeah. to happen to work out that way. That's exactly yeah, it's exactly it just happened to work out that way. It's it's that's what naturally felt right for me to do and then i step back and i'm like oh that's way brighter than <laughs> that i would expect though. what would come for me so but i like how the how it's been going so so how do you market your work um mostly through social media yeah i when when i was living in austin i sold most of my work through like facebook and uh just people that i connected with and doing commissions for people who i'd i'd met at work or um that i have met through other commissions and uh now instagram's kind of taken the lead on that and i've sold more work through there just funneling it through my website so yeah that's that's the main way and how have you found kind of marketing your work online like is it something that you enjoy doing is it something that you have any advice for other people how to do oh uh, i don't know if my advice would be worthy of hearing but <laughs> it's because i'm still i feel like i'm learning yeah of course everybody is yeah but um uh yeah i think it, it does take a, a lot of hustle with it too and really really putting yourself out there with it uh and trying to share your work and i think making it stay clean and professional and you know attractive to where and not necessarily your work but like your presentation of it, I guess, and and you know, making people interested in going and looking at your website and all of that. And um, yeah, I think it's 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 definitely a challenge. I, I would really just you know, you just kind of have to feel what works best for you and the way you want to market yourself, and then and then understand how how the those finer details work with uh, the presentation of it and and how you're reaching out to people and all of that so luckily i've, I've just had a with the message that i i've tried to have with my work and and the, the i think the fire and the bright colors and stuff i think that's that's helped me be able to sell some work a little bit easier so yeah because you're not just selling the image you're selling the conversation yeah yeah you know and it's you know it's an important one to have and you know i think it, it adds a lot of value to your work beyond the actual symbolic you know visual value of it um and i think that's also a very key part about art is that like if you can create art that has a depth to it where somebody sees it on a wall in somebody's house they'll talk about it that's the kind of art you want to be creating because that's going to be marketed quite easily because someone sees it they'll inquire um you know you know just something to think about i think for artists generally yeah um so the, okay so i have a question from you from the last artist i interviewed okay. who was um a really great artist slash illustrator called Revs One, um, an amazing artist from London who is just incredible. Um, and his question for you was, well, actually, he kind of had like a topic he wanted to talk about. So he said that uh, we want to talk about like the dilemma of the integrity of the artist. So his question was, is there a limit to when an image becomes a product? Oh, yeah, I think there's, there's a point in time when it can become a product. I think, um, which is interesting too, because like so much, like I, I really want to be able to have my work 
very accessible um, and not like crazy overpriced. So, you know, I value my, my work and my time uh, and I want to make sure I, I pay myself for that, but I also don't want to make it unattainable for people. So, but you can get to the point of like, where you're just throwing it out there constantly. I feel like where it does kind of become a product. And, and I think it goes into like, if you're, your work is very, very consistently the same, like um, any kind of product, like you want to have a brand with it and you want to have a very narrow style of what you do. And I think in that way, it can, it can become a product over time. Um, and you can limit it too. I mean, you could still have that and be like, okay, I'm doing these prints, but I'm doing a limited run. So I'm not going to be making, you know, nonstop prints of this piece. It's going to keep its value and, um, have just a limited series. So, um, uh, yeah, but it's, I think it's, it, it can be easy to get over into that field where you are more, uh, I mean, everybody, every artist, I think has their, their brand, but I think it becomes more of a product brand kind of thing if you just you're just kind of throwing stuff out there wanting to make a lot of money and maybe not trying to have as much of a message with it that's from my experience i, I feel like you know it could be different from with other arts you know and their experience with their work yeah absolutely and you asked that question very very well because when he asked me that, when he said that was a question i was like that's a very good question i don't know how they can yeah. answer that and at the time i wasn't sure if you i was going to interview or not i was like like, I think I know how I'm interviewing, but I don't know yet. So yeah, I was like, cool. Um, I was like, who's going to be the victim that falls for that question? But it'll be you. Um, so do you have a question for the next artist I interview? Okay, let me see. Um, yeah. Let me think a, a bit more. Maybe we'll go into another question. I've got, let me think a little bit more. That's cool. I feel like I've got something good in there and I, I want to make sure I... No worries. I okay, cool. Challenge. So... <laughs> what was so what was the last image or piece of media that you saw that affected you and why did it make such an impact the last image i saw um there okay there's an artist named andrew kadima uh oh uh, i love his work yeah he's incredible he like he'll yeah. this 3d stuff that he's been doing yeah. uh has been just amazing and he he his brain, the way it seems to work, is just like uh, a like he was very abstract thinker. It seems like and a very smart guy with the way he's coming up with some of the stuff that he's done. I I first caught on to his work when he was doing those. Uh, it was like a collage of mouths and eyes and ears and all that stuff, and I was like, yeah, that's insane. Those still, I have one of his prints too, and those oh, still wow. um, really stick out to me so much i mean I, it was just a very technically well done uh pieces and uh but also just the rock there's a lot of different emotions in those faces and those mouths and stuff and uh i just loved it and uh so like the 3d work that he's been doing he did one where there was an image of somebody's face and an eye and I, that just really jumped out to me a lot and what you might have seen that one it was uh, a yeah, it's no, it's really, really awesome. It's uh, incredible work, and it just makes my brain hurt thinking about how he painted. And <laughs> <laughs> just like, how did you even come up with that? And like, work through a, a 3D, you know, glasses like the, yeah. the to paint through it. That just 
that would be a, a, a significant challenge, but it's it's super impressive, and that that stuff has definitely been standing out a lot for me. Absolutely, absolutely, and I love seeing his process because it goes from you know just paint and shapes yeah. to like a, like a three dimensional realistic image, and it's just like what the yeah. hell? Um, and you're looking and just think like what the hell? You know, it, I think he's great. He's one of the people, that, one of those people that like I really want to interview. I'd love to interview yeah. him because he's just he's just so great. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like it's like I guess, and it, it's, I know it probably sounds too flattering, but like, so when I saw your work, as soon as I saw your work, I was like, I want to interview him because I was like, I really want to talk to you about your work because it's really interesting. I think you know, there's people that I have in mind. I'm like, I really want to interview them. So I'm really glad that you said yes to this. Um, uh, I, I'm grateful. Yes, yeah. it's it's awesome. I appreciate it. So, what does it mean to be a successful artist, and what does success mean to you? Success for me lately and this again could evolve is uh making sure i'm doing what is important to me and that's what this fire series has been a lot about it's it's painting what's what's important for my being what feels like nurturing to my creative process um it hits every note i get to practice technical skill that i've learned i i get to play with paint where i pile it on to fire where I just make it really thick and I'm just kind of you know it feels like I'm just playing around with it uh, a lot of times so it, there's a fun aspect to it and it's also working out you know the emotional stuff that's uh, uh really important to get through I think and, uh, and finding a way to do that and that's kind of my my effort in processing for myself and also reaching out to other people to connect with them in a way that you know i may not have the words to do that constructively but i i know i could do it with a paintbrush or a pencil or charcoal pencil you know so yeah i think i answered the question <laughs> yeah no absolutely that's perfect and is there a difference between making art making art and being an artist um i don't know if there is a difference i feel like if you're making art then then you are an artist so um and whatever realm that might be if it's like a abstract if it's photography it's it's acting or if it's music i mean i think if you're creating something you you are an artist in some degree you may not be a highly advanced very successful artist but i mean if you're if you're a kid that's drawing little comic books i think you're still an artist in a way then too. And I think that there's just very degrees of it. That's a very good answer. That's a very good answer. Um, so has there ever been a time where you've doubted your artistic ability? And if oh, so, how, and if so, like how did you overcome that? Uh I I feel like that's a daily thing where I, I'll get into a painting, I'm like, oh God, this is awful. What am I doing? At some point during a painting, I even if it's like a really good one that has a good outcome, I probably at some point would be like, this is terrible. I'm gonna have to like step away from it or just wipe it off and start again which i've done before and uh i yeah i think that's just a daily thing i've got a, a pretty good a pretty hard critique in myself uh when it comes to, to creating art so but i mean i can now uh be a little bit more gentle on myself too and be like well you know just keep working on that and i'll come around eventually because usually does because yeah, i think like self-doubt is something that i think plagues everybody 
not just artists but everybody and I think it's not something that we really talk about a lot um and I think that a lot of people just kind of like we all know it happens and we all kind of feel it and we all kind of worry about like you know social media reach or we worry about like are we wasting our time um but people just don't really talk about it and I, why, why do you think that is I don't know I think it's that it can be such a vulnerable thing too like when you're creating it's just so you're really kind of putting everything you have into it a lot of times and it just it can be hard to to bring it up and I mean it it's a, a sensitive subject I think too it just you know you're for me like I've it's taken a while for me to get to a point where I can feel comfortable more more or less talking about you know what I'm creating and how I'm creating it and uh without like wearing my heart on my sleeve a lot of times like my uh I will always ask my wife to come look at a painting and say what do you see is wrong and she's not an artist but I we've talked so much about it over the the last several years that she knows how to see something that's wrong now like I've I've helped train her eye with uh seeing color and, and she is a creative person in general so she can kind of she can see a lot of that uh stuff naturally but uh there there's definitely times where I've asked her to look at something and she'd be like oh that's way off and I'm like you know well fine <laughs> and have like a, a pity party about it and uh but now I, I've learned where I can mostly learned um to have her come over and say something and be like okay tell me what's wrong with this how do I need to fix it and because I'm I've stared at it for too long that I'm not seeing it clear and she'll say well this nose looks off that or you know the this piece of the fire looks kind of weird it doesn't connect right and I'm like okay great and I'll kind of jump back into it and so it's been it's just practicing that kind of vulnerability I guess to to be open to it and do you paint full time uh yeah I uh I do and I'm also I caretake for my wife uh-huh yeah full time as well so so yeah it's yeah. a balancing act yeah so, it is because I I I only ask you just because a lot of the artists I speak to don't paint full time and I, I'm always under the impression that they do and I'm kind of really curious just as to kind of impressions we get of a line of people and the arts like it seems like everyone's more successful than they probably are um I don't, yes. know, I don't know if that's a terrible thing to say or not but it always seems that way and it seems like you know we see the successes and we see you know oh this person got another gallery show or oh this person's just completed another painting and it's like do you think there needs to be more kind of humanizing of the arts in terms of like everyone is still struggling in their own ways? Um, do you think it's important to kind of bring to light or do you think I would take away from the work? That's a good question. I, I think, okay, so from an artist viewpoint, hmm. as for myself, I would say I want to make it seem like I'm successful and I want to feel successful. So I will show that I'm creating a lot of work and that uh, if I, I'm having some success, I will share that success as much as I can that I feel is, you know, uh, um, that I'm comfortable with, I guess, and more um, that's appropriate. And, um, but at the same time, I would love to hear if like other artists are, are that I assume are just totally painful time, successful artists that they, um, you know, might have it a, like a, a part-time job doing something else. and. Uh, I mean, I, I did for years. The only thing that's changed is when my wife got sick and, um, I had to become a caretaker for her. So, and cause she was, 
she was down for a long time. And um, so, yeah, and I still had my nine to five and I was doing that and then coming home and painting uh, uh, every night and most every night. And so it was like a juggling act in that way. Yeah, because being an artist is a very dedicated dedicated craft. Like whether you're doing it full time or not, it's, it's a huge dedication of time. Um, yeah, it's a slow payoff most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah, it's, it's a lifetime career. Yeah, know? like and it's it's like truly a lifetime career, which is why it's crazy when people, and you know, myself included, like when you post something and it doesn't get the reaction you think it does, and you kind of worry and panic and start thinking like, oh no, what we're doing? You know, you have to remember that, like end of the day, like it it's, it might not happen for another year, it might happen for another ten years. So you just have to kind of keep creating, keep doing stuff. Just kind of take a deep breath, realize like actually in the end grand scheme of life, it's not that big of a deal. As long as your bills are paid and you've got food, it's really not that big yeah. of a deal. You know, everything else after that is a luxury. You know, I think sometimes people need to remember like art is a luxury itself, but also, I don't know. I don't, okay, so this might be a controversial opinion, but it's like, okay, actually I'll rephrase it. I'll reframe it so it doesn't sound so terrible. So obviously I run the phone football. But I'm very, very aware that nobody asked for it. So if nobody looks at it, why should I be bothered? Because nobody asked for it, if that makes sense. You yeah. Know? So I'm not I'm not going to be like, oh, no, nobody. They do. But I'm like, oh, no, nobody, you know, viewed my story. Or, oh, nobody followed me today. Like, that's cool because that's not what I created it for. It's like my pursuit is a very selfish thing. Like I created it for yes. myself. It gives me a very good chance to communicate with artists, which I love doing. It gives me a chance to do research in art, which I love doing. You know, it, there's things that it does for me which is why I chose to, which is why I choose to do it. Um, so I try not to, not always, but I try not to get caught up in the views and the stats and, you know, the yes. follows because it's like, yes, they help, they're cool, they validate, you know, the time, but that's not why I'm doing it. And if that was what I was doing, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I'd be doing something else. I'd be doing whatever TikTok dance is currently trending. You yes. know? Yeah. So <laughs> I think sometimes with the art, I think it's a very much the same way. You have to remember that, like, you know, what you're doing now might not be seen in like five years time. People might not yeah. get it until five years later. Like art is timeless. Um, just because we have the pressure of like, oh, everything's constant. Doesn't mean that we should be creating everything now and having to do everything. And, you know, you can burn yourself out quite easily trying to achieve success that you will never have. So I don't know where that thought came from, why I went on a tangent, but that's the, my no. daily tangent. No, I, I think it was great, great, great point. So like, you know, it's uh, a thing. The thing is like art, is timeless like even with the different uh phases and uh uh where that phases that it's gone through like with realism romanticism you know renaissance abstract uh, all of that stuff that stuff is still relevant like it's it's all still there and it's all different and i i i think that <clears throat> like we were talking about earlier where you can you know get into a trend uh, with your art sometimes. I, I think that's, I think that's definitely a possibility, but I, I do think also at the same time, um, you know, you, it's, it's just different than like, it, you know, the next TikTok dance video, it's, it's not going to be there and gone in a flash. There's, there's still going to be people painting or drawing or, or anything that are somewhat related to that in a way. And you know, those images left an imprint, whereas I, I don't know if like a TikTok dance video is going to leave like a permanent imprint on somebody as much than uh, a striking image that somebody 
you know, spent years developing and uh, a skill to, to create, you know, so. Yeah, I think those are really a great point about, uh, yeah, just where we are with that. So what is your definition of contemporary art? I feel like it's it's so broad now because now there's like I used to try to lump myself into the contemporary realism, which is just you know the newest trend of well trend yeah there you go uh, the newest <laughs> trend I guess of realism that's come up that's resurfaced um, and but then there's also just contemporary art and as far as like what uh, abstract artists are doing or performance art or you know all of that stuff so it's hard to nail down exactly what it is I, mean, I think as as long as it's maybe new and edgy then it kind of gets it's easy to to put into that category and I feel like any kind of art that's ever been new in any time period of the history of art is I mean it's all contemporary at that point I guess so it's uh, usually new and edgy at any point it's just now that we call it that <laughs> I think every artist I've asked that question to hates that question so much. <laughs> it's a challenge. It's a hard one. Every time I ask the people that question, they just look at me like, really? And I'm just like, I feel, I feel kind of bad about saying something I don't. I'm like, well, you know, no one said these questions are going to be easy. A little bit. Yeah. Um, so do you have a question for the next artist I interview? Yeah, so I think I'm going to relate it to the social media thing. Like, what, what do you see happening with your social media? over the next few years and what's your goal with it? So what are you currently working on and where can people find more about you and your work? Um, so right now, still continuing with fire portraits and uh, I will probably be doing that for a good while. And uh, a piece that I'm currently working on, which I mentioned earlier was uh, an old one that I had from about a year ago that I, I totally, redid and uh that will probably hopefully in the next week i'll post it and uh, it's just a street scene it's similar to it, the h and alhambra piece that i created with woman walking down the street that's on fire um, in the same vein as that so it uh that's the most recent piece and you can always find me uh on instagram at writing thompson art or online on my website at rodneythompsonart.com so. that's perfect so Rodney you know what this has been an absolute pleasure that concludes the second and last part of my conversation with Rodney Thompson thank you very much for listening if you have any questions or comments about it please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or send us a message via Instagram. The Flying Fruit Bowl audio interviews can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music or whatever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word of the Flying Fruit Bowl. Please check out theflyingfruitbowl.co.uk for daily art inspiration and written interviews. And if you're a creative, Please get in touch for a chance to be featured on interviews. We now also have a Patreon if you're interested in supporting the platform further. Tears start from £1 and more information can be found at www.patreon.com 
always slash the Flying Football. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flying Football Podcast today. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.